You're listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. For more information about Dayton Christian Center, you can visit dcctx.church. Now let's join in for this week's message. Yesterday we got to, uh, uh, I guess a select few guys got to be a part of the uh, sisters, uh, the SFL event my sister and Taylor and the rest of the women put on here. And... Uh, Man, we it was it was amazing. I told uh, somebody I wanted to go to the altar like four times, but I couldn't. You know, I'm in the back running sounds. My job is to stay in the back, don't move. You know, don't be mingling. And so it's like, man, <laughs> would it be weird if I went up there? You know, like, and so I didn't. And uh, but but before, you know, like the women were just piled in here, and we I was walking through the foyer. I was like, I got to get out of here. There's way too many women in here. So I walk out front and there's like four guys parking cars and I'm sitting there and it's me and Ken out front visiting. I was like, man, there's a lot of women in there. I got, I, I'm nervous. And he, he said, uh, I said, what a, what a responsibility we have today. And, it, and, uh, and, I, and we were sitting there visiting and talking and uh, I was like, man, you know what's amazing is it's an hour before they started and all the women were here. And I was like, how did they do that? How, do you, how did all these women get here one hour before it was time to start? And so a light bulb went off in both of our minds, and it was like, if I knew I got to leave my kids at home with my husband for a day, like, I got up. I could, have, I could imagine the husband getting up and being like, oh, I'm going to go kiss my wife goodbye. And he looks out, and she's already down the driveway. You know what I mean? Like, so it was like, but I want to tell you guys, thank you. Uh, Thank you for doing that, man. That that right there, I tell you what, the uh, to, for you to take your kids and and I didn't understand the full grasp of this until uh, Taylor had gotten a job at Baytown Christian Academy and we went to uh, Cass had to start staying with me and I never understood how tough of a job that was, especially with my son. He is he don't sit still at all, so. I just want to say thank you, and I want to honor you for doing that for those women. It meant a lot to my—I know it meant a lot to the church here for them girls to get to do that. And you have no—this place was—this place was full. There was not very many empty seats in here, and it—and and I'm telling you, lives got changed. And I was—it was a—it was, was an honor, and a—it was great to be a part of it. So thank you, husbands, for doing that. Um, Proverbs 18:22 says a man a man who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. She is my helpmate and she is good and God says I'll bless it. Bless it. And where one can put a thousand to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. And so what you did or what you have done, you, God will honor that. When you when you you're a husband and you you do that for your wife, God God says I'll honor it and I'm going to bless it. And so uh, in fact, I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for my wife encouraging me. Uh, when I tell you the devil come at me every way he could this week it, and reminded me of my past and all that I had been through and all the things that I had done. And I wanted to call David and I, I wanted to call all these people and tell them, look, man, I've hit a wall. I can't, I don't even know if I can hear from God right now because this guy's in my face and he's telling me I can't do it. And I'm having to push back all the, all the work and all the, the noise and the chaos. And I got to pull myself together and get it together and get up here and bring a word. And so um, I guess it was Thursday. Taylor had texted me and she was on the way home. And I said, she said, how's it going? I said, not very good, to be honest with you. 
it's not going very good. I sat down with a message Wednesday and I had my message finished and Thursday I didn't even know if I was hearing from God anymore. Uh, I actually sat down Thursday morning and by Thursday evening I had wrote four more messages because I didn't know where God wanted me to go. And, 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 and it was Taylor that brought me back to where I needed to be because she called me on the way home and she reminded me that we had a call and a purpose on our life and no matter what our past looked like that God was going to use it. And, and, and I had to go back and repent and say, Lord, I'm sorry. And we're going to have to do that in our lives. We're going we're gonna to miss it and God's going to call us to do some things and we're going to miss it and you're just going to have to go back and say, God, I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't trust you. I, I repent to you and, and, and move on. Just, just move on. God's, God's got it. He's going he's gonna to meet you right where you are. And so uh, I want to encourage you, if you have a wife, you have a good thing. Pray for her. If you don't have a wife, pray for her and, like God, and let God bring her to you in His time, in His season. And that, I, and women likewise, um, I, I couldn't preach these things two, three years ago. You know, I, I really, I couldn't stand up here and tell you how to be a husband. I had been married, but I was never a husband. I had, uh, I had, I couldn't preach about being a father because I had never been a father. But now God opened, he, he began to show me that he would lead me and guide me. And that's what he wants to do with your life. He, he, he called you to be a husband. He called you to be a dad. He called you to be a father. He called you to be the head of his house. And, and he wants to meet you there and he'll lead you and guide you in that. You don't have to do it by yourself. You'll be better off if you didn't do it by yourself. If you more or less just wait, not waited, but you know, you need God. You need the Holy Spirit in your life to teach you and lead you and guide you. But um, the title of my message is People, People, People. And uh, I got that title from McClintock. I watch a lot of McClintock. Me and Cass watch uh, either Roy Rogers and Frog or we watch John Wayne or uh, mostly. That's why my son can't stand here without wanting to fight or shoot somebody. <laughs> He plays a good Cowboys and Indians because he doesn't mind dying, you know, like he shoot him in the living room, he'll drop to the floor. So, but, but in McClintock, when uh, the guy goes up and he says, people, 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 in other words, hey, I need to get your attention. I'm fit, something is fixing to happen. And that, that's why I'm standing here today. It, 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 do, it doesn't scare me. You know, it's a good scared because it's a big calling, you know, and, it, and it's almost a, a fear of, I don't want to miss what God has. And the reason I'm standing here today is not because I want to be, is because I don't want to miss what God has. I don't want to miss what God has for you. There are, I can look around this room and I can name you, I could name 50 people that could get up here and do this. But God had something, a word for me this morning, and I don't want to miss what God has for me. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? We're all called. We're all called to do something. And uh, the people here bring me to a standard. And that, that's, what I, that's where I'm going with that is God calls us to do that, and, and, I'm, and I'm called to live a certain way so I can stand here and do this today. And so I want to say thank you for that. For, for when, when I, when, because when 
when bad decisions want to creep in, when we're going through life and we want to make bad decisions, or it's, easy, it's easier to take this way than it is to do the right thing, correct? Anybody in here can relate to that? But I always look and I always see a vision of this right here. And so, any, any, and not everybody has to stand at this pulpit to get that vision. You have that vision in your life, on your jobs. You're, you're, you're not just created to get a nine to five check. You are created to do something every day. And whether you're standing at the pulpit or you're putting a welding rod in the holder, I don't know what you do, but it is your pulpit. And when you, when, when though that will hold you to a standard and when God wants to use you, when, when, you, when it's easy to make the bad decision, God will put that vision in your head. This is why we do this. This is why we don't make that decision so we can stand up here and do this. And I want to say I appreciate you because every time the enemy tries to come at me, I see a vision of this right here. So thank you. I appreciate that. And uh, er, I feel like sometimes I'm, we all go through seasons. And um, I know for me in the cow, like in the cow business, I used to, I used to be in the trucking business and it was like, okay, you got paid every week and now we're in the cow business and you get paid once a year. So it's like, man, God really started showing me how his timing was. He's not a, he's not a, I'm sorry. Uh, he's not a, just a, hang on, I got to get a drink of water here. I got one. <clears throat> I sang too loud. <coughs> Sorry. Oh, anyway, in Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1, it says, there, To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under the heaven. Hang on. I think I just lost my voice. <clears throat> yeah, I got a... Oh. I got a grandpa. He's had a pretty rough life, but he's had his uh, he had his throat operated on a couple of times, and he he doesn't have a hole there anymore. But he talks like that, you know, and you got to get real close to him. So I get a lot of messages from Pete. <laughs> I love him. He's dear to me and Cass. Uh, but yeah, we learned a lot from watching Papa Pete. So. But uh, Ecclesiastes 3, 1, it says to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. And uh, this past year, my family and I were asked to become the head of a festival in our town. And I was I was very honored by this task. But to say it was a season of growth. Hang on. Let me get some more water. I've never had this happen, so I don't know what it's like. Uh, <clears throat> but I was honored to do this, and to say it was a season of growth was an understatement. And that's what I want to talk about, is uh, we're always going through a season, especially in the cow business. You, you, your cows, you put them out to pasture, they, they're having babies, and then you, you know you got this whole long year period of a lot that's going on there, and then you get you get paid one time a year. And so it really had to slow my thinking down to where, hey, it's not just hustle and bustle. It's seed, time, harvest. There is a season. There is a process that we have to go through in order to get where we are now. And so um, 
it was a it was a season of growth and and what I've learned here in the past month or two that that God we we're in a season we're always in a season we're in a season we're in a seed time we're in a harvest time or we're in a a, a a growth time and then we're in a harvest time and then it starts over and a lot of times you think okay we plant a seed time goes by it's harvested <clears throat> sorry <clears throat> it's harvested and then that's it we're done but like if you're a farmer in here or a rancher you know that that's just that year. It's time to start over. We got a new season and we're always doing things. I can't, uh, I remember when I came to Christ, I can't be in the same place that I was when I was, when I came to Christ, right? God's calling you out of a season into another one. God called David out of tending sheep to go become, he called him out to go kill a giant, but then he had to call him into a palace. And so what I'm having to figure out right now is, Am I in a season where God's calling me out of something into something else? And we're always growing and learning and, and, and planting and, and, and time goes by and we're harvesting that. And then we start over. You know, does that make sense to everyone? It's not, we're not just sitting around waiting for Jesus to come back. It's always changing. We're always trying to get better. We're trying to do better. We're trying to shoot for excellence on, at everything we do. And I learned... Um, it was a, a season of growth and I have never, I'd never dealt with so many people on this sort of a level as well as running a family business at the same time. But <clears throat> I wanted to quit. I remember I was in between, I was in this, um, the festival was going on and I got all these people coming at me and this, this one's telling me you're doing good. And this one is cussing me. And, and this one, I'm like, uh. Uh, okay, whatever. And, you know, and you're trying to hold it all together and just get through it. Like, I just want to get through it. And I remember one time I was like, you know what? I got a family at home. I got a wife. I got a son. I got a business to run. I don't need this. I can go do something else. You know what I mean? Like, but Lord, the Lord said, hey, you know what? You signed up for it and you don't have to come back, but you're going to finish it. You're going to stick it out. And you're going to finish it. You're going to stay with it. And I learned that people, people will, they don't like, not everybody likes you. And that's all right. You know what I'm saying? But we have to be grown-ups. And at the end of the day, we just got, we're going to, we're going to chase this, the same common goal. We're going to get through it and we're going to move on. They don't know, they don't know your heart. They won't know your heart. And really it doesn't even matter. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, what matters is, is that we're going to stick it out and we're going to do it. And at the end of the day, we're going to sit down, we're going to laugh about it. And we're going to like, everything is going to be better because you, you were grown up about it and you pushed through it and you made it happen. Now, I don't have to go back, but if I go back, I got to go back. You know what I mean? You can't go back halfway. You can't go like, where's your heart? And that's what God's wanting to know is, hey, if you're going to be a part of that, I want to know where your heart's at. And so... I want to encourage you. Um, if you're going to be a part of something, be a part of it. Don't, don't halfway it because it doesn't make you look good and it definitely does not make the kingdom of heaven look good because those guys are, 
those people, oh, he's a Christian, oh, he preaches, and then you're over here halfway in it. You know what I mean? And that is, that is not God's plan. If you're going to be a part of something, you bring your best. I don't care if you're welding, if you're working cattle, I don't care. When we show up to work cattle, we have our best on. Like when we show up to work cattle somewhere, we, we change the game because we bring our best. We don't, we don't, we're not late. We don't halfway it. We got a smile on our face. And when we say we're setting out to do something, we're going to do it. We're going to finish it. Most of the time, you might get the pants ripped off of you. You know what I mean? And there's going to be guys laughing at you, but we're going to have fun and we're going to finish it. So just, just if you do something, finish it. And uh, as a leader, I had to learn to meet the needs of both sides and, and build a solution to benefit both parties involved. Jesus was a problem solver and a leader because he was on a mission. And people will follow you if you're headed in the right direction. And this year's theme at the, the festival was um, change the world or make change in the world. And, um, you know, uh, where I come from, I graduated with 33 in my class. Most of you guys probably had 33 in a class, not let alone, you know, your whole graduating class was 33. And our, we come from an old boom town and, and in the... In, the, in that day, it was booming and things were good, but time went on and, and, and things changed. We came into a new season in this town and uh, drugs moved in and it became an issue as, as uh, any city had. You know, Liberty County is, you, you know, we're from Liberty County. You know that drugs are a problem here. And so... Um, you know, they talk about the good old days and then you get, you know, these things move in. And so how do we change the world? And so I asked myself, I had to stand up on Sunday and, and open the Sunday service and, and we had to go through it. And I, I said, how do I, how can I change the world? Like how, how can little old me from days out of Texas be a change in a world that's so big? And for me personally, what God told me was go home. Five or six years ago, I was wanting to do things, and I seen visions of this, and God told me, hey, go home and get your house in order. And I want you to understand that. When I say house, I'm not talking about a physical house. I'm talking about your house. Get your house in order. Get your thoughts in order. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, God is a God of order. Anytime, anytime God shows up on a scene anywhere, there had to be order. Like when a president goes to town, there is order well before he gets there. Like the president is coming to town, clean this street up, get those chairs in a row, measure that, cut the grass. Like there is order to, when you come to our house, the tractors are backed in. The grass is cut. But I want people to come there and I want to, them to experience order because where order is, God can dwell. And, and when you come to my house or when you come to our house, there's an order and then there's a peace. I've had several people come through there and say, man, it's just so peaceful. You know, I want God to dwell at my house. And I want when you drive in our gates and you drive down the road, 
There is an order and there is a purpose. There are cattle here and there are cattle here for a reason. There, when you drive through the gates, the grass is cut. I want order at my house. And first and foremost, I want order in my house here spiritually. And so when I get this lined up, my house follows. If you bring, oh, I'm sorry, here we go. I got I to gotta get back to my notes. But. And uh, set some rules personally and then, and then over your house. Hey, I don't, I'm not going to think that way. I'm not going to cross that line. I know for men, you know, you're, I, I'm, I've been on those group chats where, you know, you get 20 of your buddies on there and they're shooting these videos and these uh, memes. And I mean, they're funny. You're like, it's easy to laugh, you know, but you have to, you have to come to a place where you say, I'm not crossing that line. I'm not going to let that in. Can I be real? I'm not going to let that in. I'm going to draw that line in in the sand because I'm honoring my wife by that. Not because I don't need to see it or I don't want to be a part of it. It's because I love my wife and I honor my wife. And there is a line in the sand that we're not going to cross. And I trust that she's going to do the same thing for me. Amen? Does that make sense? And then if you don't apply, even if you don't have a spouse right now, you need to start working these things in and, you, and apply these things to your life. And, and when I know there was a period after Taylor and I had gotten a divorce that I had to fix me. I couldn't fix a marriage. I had to fix me. And, that, and that, I think that where you can get ahead of the game is you don't have to go through what I went through to get to to this place. If you'll work on you and you'll fix you and not worry about, God, I need you to fix Taylor because she ain't on my program. I need you to get on my program. I need you to do what I need you to do. And God's like, hey man, that ain't even what, that ain't, you're going down the wrong road. So young people, what I want you to do is if you'll continue to work on yourself and you'll get yourself in right alignment with what God says for your life, your family and, and, and God will bring that person into your life. That will make you a better you. Yeah, does this make sense? In uh, Joshua 24, and Joshua had, uh, in verse 14, it says, Joshua had seen what God had done, and there he, he had, uh, and where he had brought them out of, and where he had brought them to. And he says, Hey, you guys go and do what you want to do. And, and I'm going to put this in today's perspective. Right now, we chase Little League, uh, we chase Rodeo. We chase, I, I don't know what all you're a part of, but uh, Taylor and I were talking about Cass likes baseball. And the other, the other day uh, we were in the living room and she said, I really want him to play baseball. And I said, that's cool. I'm good with that. I don't like little league sports because the parents are crazy. You know, <laughs> not the kids, the parents. You know what I'm saying? I don't like, that's the reason. But on Wednesday, we're going to church. On Sunday, we're going to church. And if we can't be a part of the little league sports and we can't do this, then we just don't, we're just not going to do it. And that is okay. Nobody, we're not, we're not going to go to hell because our kids didn't play little league sports. You understand? <laughs> I'm all about that. I, I mean, if you want to do that, that's good. But this is my ground rules. This is our ground rules that we're in agreement on that, hey, first and foremost, we're going to serve the kingdom of God. And, 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 a, and after we get through, as, as we go through, I'm going to explain to you why this is vital for me and for my wife. And uh, I've, had to, I've had to 
responsibility of passing this info on to young men who have fallen on hard times with their spouses or their careers or whatever the challenge is, the concept is the same. You want to get your stuff back, go get yourself in order. Don't worry about your wife. Don't worry about what's going on, if they're going to leave you. Sometimes if you're getting left, it's because you need to be left. If, if God's, if, if, uh, does, does this, is this making sense? If the train's leaving and you're not on it, sometimes it's, that's right where God wants you to be. Does that make sense? Because I can't, God won't send you out. And, and I, like, it'd be like, I'm going to give you a million dollars. Or God say, I'm going to give you a million dollars. And I'll say, okay. He say, what are you going to do with it? And I'll say, I don't know. I mean, really, I would buy cows. I would buy a lot of cows, but I don't have nowhere to put them. <laughs> the bank would probably give me a million dollars anyways. But I don't have nowhere to put them. But a lot of times we say, God, I want a million dollars, or God, I want a wife. And he goes, well, what are you going to do with that when I give it to you? Yeah. What are you going to do when I give you a wife? How are you going to treat her? What, do you, what, what ground rules are you going to set? How are you going to, how, how are you going to have a, what's your house going to look like? Yeah. What's your thinking going to be like? Does this make sense? And, and uh, I, I truly believe that when you get yourself in order, when you get your house in order, God will begin to give you your stuff back that the devil didn't take, that God didn't take, but you gave it to the devil. Does that make sense? Come on. And so a lot of times we, we do that. We, oh, God did this and God did that and the devil did this. And it's like, man, no, you just screwed up. Go home, repent. Get your stuff together and get your stuff back. And God will use those times. I know in my life, God has used these times to bring me where I am today. And it says in Romans 8, 28, for we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God to those who are called according to his purpose. And that, that I have that love God. Like if you, if you can just put God at the forefront and let him work on you and get you fixed and you build a relationship. I don't want to get ahead of my notes. I'm sorry. When the head of the house is in alignment, the house will follow. Usually when there was tension between Taylor and I, or as a human or as a husband, it's easy to want to place blame and point the finger. Like if you'll do this, then this will be better. And that's not always the case. I, um, what I've found was uh, it's, it's easy to point the blame. You know, when you're having a bad day, like, I can just, hey, if you'll do this, this will make my life better. And God's like, no, it won't. Um, <clears throat> I remember the, I was, we were pointing fingers and blaming and the Lord got a hold of my thoughts one day and he says, um, I'm sorry. The Lord got a hold of my thinking one day and asked, why don't you help by being a leader? Make a change, be the change, and your family will follow. And I've learned that I can lead, I can lead people farther than I can push them or point the blame. And if you're a husband or a boss or a wife in here, it's easier 
for me to get up and be a leader in my family follow or my, the people that work for me, it's easier for me to say, not, not be a boss. Don't be a boss to your wife. Don't be a boss to the people that work for you, but be a leader. Lead these people, and I'm telling you, you will prosper. It's, it's, kingdom, it's kingdom principle. Be a leader, not a boss. Um, Proverbs 22, verse 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. I'm a product of the generation that took their grandkids to church. And I believe this because my grandma and grandpa took me to church. It was important that my grandpa and grandpa, they, got, they took me to church every Sunday, then they would come get me every Wednesday. And I feel like our generation now, I got to meet with these pastors. <clears throat> I got to meet with the pastors before that community service uh, at the festival and um, it kind of dawned on me that we are the generation, like if you, they call me a millennial and it aggravates me because I don't think I am, but I tell them a millennial is a state of mind, you know what I mean? Like, anyways, but um, I was telling that pastor, I really feel like our generation is the generation that our grandparents took, a, took us to church. And they planted a seed in our life and time has went by and now our grandparents are going to start seeing a harvest of what they planted back 15, 20, 30 years ago. I believe that and, and I believe that I am a product of that. Now there was a time in that time between the seed planting and the harvest where my, my grandparents probably thought that what they planted died, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, hey, I don't know what you're doing up there, but uh, but I'm telling you, if you'll just trust God and stick it out, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he won't depart from it. And uh, I spend a lot of time with Cass, and so what I'm teaching, so so I'm teaching him something, and he is always watching what I do. What I do, he does. Like when Taylor gets up and goes to work, like I'm usually outside riding a colt or doing whatever and, and feeding and whatever I'm doing outside, I can always, I can always know Cass is headed out that door and he'll, he'll be, like I wear spurs and boots and a long sleeve shirt and a cowboy hat. And when he comes out that door, he's got that stick horse and that rope and that cowboy hat. And I mean, he's getting down that like, Daddy, I don't know what you're doing today, but I want to do what you're doing. And I want to encourage you. Your kids are watching you. I was riding a colt the other day, and I wanted to be like, if you'll just get this, I'll leave you. I'm mad. Like, I will leave you alone. And I wanted to, like, bop them in the head, you know, and move on. Uh, but I looked up, and Cass was standing there staring at me. And I got a vision. I mean, immediately I'm riding this colt, and, the, and Cass is standing there watching me. And, I, and the Lord said, our Lord showed me, me sitting in the living room watching TV one evening and Cass riding his stick horse. And I couldn't imagine my son coming in there and whipping his horse. Does that make sense? I, I couldn't imagine. And, and the Lord told me, hey, man, he's watching you. And these kids, they're watching you. You're not just a, you, 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 you are instilling principles and value into their life, even at a young age. It is important. It is vital that you make the right decisions for your kids. My, it is important for my grandparents to make the, the right decisions. I'm not building a legacy for Cass right now. 
I'm building a legacy for his kids and his kids. Like David, David asked, he said, is there anybody from the house of Saul who I can bless? And, jo and, it, it, and Jonathan was David's armor bearer, and I don't want to misrepresent this, but he tells us, he tells his guys, he says, go find that kid because I need to bless him. Because David, in other words, God is looking for, looking for you. Go get him, bring him in, and he's going to sit at my table and he's going to dine at my table. And I want to tell you that what you do now will set your kids up for success or failure. It's your job to do this. It's not the school's job. It's not the pastor's job. It is not the teacher's job. That is your job. And so what you're doing now does make a difference. Um, we don't break people. We don't break horses. We don't, cat, we don't break cattle. When people ask uh, if I break horses, I say, no, we don't break nothing. We train it. We, we don't break people. We don't, we, don't, we don't break anything. That is a terrible word to use. Um, they have it in them. People, animals, what I've found is they have it in them to do what, what God's called them to do. It's my job as a trainer to bring them to the fullest potential and purpose. And it doesn't matter if you train dogs, horses, cats. I don't know. I don't know what you do, but it's just like people. You know what I'm saying? Like it's our job to get people to their fullest potential. And uh, a way to do this is build a relationship. And you, you build this relationship with God and your family, same as you did with your wife or your husband or your kid. Find out what's going on in your kid's life. Find out what's going on in your wife's life. Go home at night when, when it's easy to go hang out at the barn or wherever you want to hang out. I don't know what you, but hey, go in. Find out what your kids are up to, especially now like this. I can't imagine having a teenage girl right now. Holy moly. I mean, my nieces, I mean, I'm pretty partial to my nieces, and I'm like, hey, I want to know what's on your phone. I want to know who can see what you're doing. I don't, because let me tell you, they're out there. There's some, there's some nasty out there, and let me tell you, the devil don't care. The devil don't care. And so find out what's going on in those kids' lives. And not not from a not from a person not from a boss standpoint, but from a hey, I love you and I care about you and I want the best for you and we're gonna make good decisions. I'm gonna teach you how to make good decisions. I'm gonna teach you how to draw a line in the sand and we're not gonna cross that line because God's called us to do this and this is what we're gonna do. And uh, I had a friend is oh um, I had to preach at his funeral in it was definitely a season of growth and uh, it, it grew me up pretty fast but probably the first funeral I ever had to preach at and it, it broke me um, but he was a friend of mine his name was Mike and he had a welding shop and I would always go to Mike's anytime I had a project going on I'd go to Mike's and he would, he would oversee what I was doing he never would tell me how to do it but if I had a problem he would make sure that I wasn't going to get in a bind or he, he just always opened this his shop to me and he was a dear friend of mine and 
I'll, I'll never forget him. There's not very many days that goes by that I don't think about him, especially if I'm welding or uh, anything like that. But he always had a funny story. I mean, he could make you laugh. He was something else. He was a rough, tough guy, and he, was, he loved God. And uh, I remember one time I was in there, and I was in a season of um, Taylor and I got in a divorce, and God's working on me, trying to get things in order. And, and they started telling the story, him and his wife. His wife's Glenda. She's a spitfire, uh, to say the least. Um, like, I've been walking through their shop, and there'll be like six or seven guys welding on each side of the shops. And I mean, this place is, you could put this building in that building. And it's huge and it's open, these big machines. And Glenda's in there and you're like, you're walking through there and Glenda will lift her hood up. And she had been welding. I'm telling you, this is a woman's woman. She's a godly woman. She's a good woman. But I was in there working one time and she telling me a story. And uh, she said, uh, um, and the Lord had kind of quickened me, hey, listen up to what she's fixing to tell you. And so I was listening and she said, Mike and I were married, and um, we were newlyweds, and uh, I'd cook steak. Well, Mike wanted to stop off at the bar. So he, she says, okay, you can stop off at the bar. And he says, I'm just going to stop off, and uh, I'll be home in a little while. And she says, okay, well, I cook supper. And he says, all right, well, I'll be home in a minute. And so an hour goes by, and she calls and says, hey, where you at? And he says, I'll, I'll be home in a minute. Just put it in the microwave. And she says, okay. And he says, about, you know, Mike's sitting in there, and he, she says about 10 or 11 o'clock, he finally shows up, and he goes in there to the kitchen, and she follows him in there, and he opens the microwave, and what no food in that microwave. And he shuts the microwave, he turns around and looks, and she said, he said, what you do with my food? And she said, I fed it to the dog. <laughs> she says, if you can't come home and eat when I cook, then you ain't eating. So, so what that taught was me was when my wife cooks, I'm going home. You know what I mean? My dog ain't eating my food, you know. So I want, you to, I want to encourage you, get home. Get home, find out, eat dinner with your wife. Because I, don't, I, don't, I got a lot of dogs around there, and they're hungry, and I don't want my wife feeding the dogs. You know what I mean? Make time. Hey, all that other stuff, it's, it's just noise. It's just built to hold you back and keep you down. Get home. Get with your kids. Get with your, get with your family. Find out what's going on. And I understand that we there. It's if you got to work, we have to work. You understand? I, I'm not. I'm not bashing you. If you, but when the time comes when you can go home, go home. Yeah. Go home and be a husband and be a dad. Find out what's going on in your kids' life. Get a relationship. The way uh, the the definition to relationship is the way in which two or more concepts. Objects or people are connected or the state of being connected. Get a relationship built with God. Get a relationship built with your spouse. Get a relationship. The relationship is the currency of the kingdom. That's how the kingdom operates is on relationships and people. It's not money. Yeah. <laughs> it's relationships and people. And walk in righteousness. That word righteousness is the quality of being morally right or justifiable. Goodness, virtue, <coughs> decency, or integrity. How are we running on time? Oh, yeah. <coughs> Sorry. 
And then um, in James 1.21, it says, Be hearers of the words and not doers. Or, I'm sorry, be hearer and doers of the word. And build a routine. I know uh, for cults and people, like, I don't rope as much as I used to because I, I don't get to build the routine. It's repetition. It's muscle memory. And it's the same way with the word of God. You get the word in you. You plant the seed of the word in you. And then time goes by, and then you will reap a harvest. When that, when it comes, when the word needs to come out of your body, it will come. It will come forth. Sometimes it's years. <coughs> if uh, if you practice something long enough, you'll get good at it. And that was said by Denzel Washington. And uh, who in here wants to live a life of blessings? I know I do. Anybody wants to live a life of blessings? Raise your hand. If you don't. Don't raise your hand. <laughs> Anyways, in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1 through 4. I'm sorry, 1 through, four, <coughs> 1 through 14. And now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully His commandments, which I have commanded you this day, that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. If you have a pen, underline that now. Write it down. Write something out beside of it. And, and, and I want you to double underline. It says, if you, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God. And then it skips down in, in verse 2 and it says, All these things shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey. There is not obey. It doesn't say obeyed. It says obey. In other words, you continually obey the voice of the Lord all the time, every day. And it says, Blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the country. I don't care what's going on around you. Pandemic, mask, no mask whatever's going on around you, if you can apply this to your life, in my Bible it, it, where it says blessings of obedience, I, I, I underline it and at the top, it was probably somebody that was preaching one day and I wrote it in there, it says uncompromising. In other words, if you obey the voice of the Lord and you do not compromise, it says, all these things shall become upon you. And blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall the fruit of your body, and the produce of your ground, and the increase of your herds, and the increase of your cattle, and the increase of your flocks. And I, I, I wanted to read this through, but I want you to go back and read this. One, in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 through 14. When you get to 14, don't quit reading. For time's sake, I'm, we're, we're just gonna we're gonna skip through this. But I want you to go. This is what God says He will do if you do this. Yeah. This is your part. You do this part. I'll do this part. And it, it, it um, in fifteen, I want you to continue reading. It says, "But if it shall come to pass, if you do not obey the voice of your God, to observe carefully all His commandments." And his statutes, which I have commanded you today, <coughs> sorry, that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. And uh, where it says curses on disobedience, I wrote compromise. 
So there's the uncompromising Word of God, and then there is a compromising to the Word of God. We're going to move on. And uh, you have to build a relationship to, to, for that with God, the voice of God. The Bible says, this, this is how you know my Word. I am the Word. <coughs> the Word was God, and the Word was with God. And, and in order to know His Word, like if you bought a tractor and you didn't know how to run it, it comes with a manual. You would read the manual same way you would with the Word. And then you would apply that Word to your life. I know uh, Damien, I always watch, Damien helps me out at the ranch, and I always watch him. I can hear him before I can see him most of the time because he's always hollering at Preacher. And Preacher is uh, my son's dog. And if you came to our house, Preacher is a yellow dog. And like he looks like something out of the Hank the Cow Dog books. Like he's got scars all over his leg. He's missing half an ear, you know. Like he's been through some stuff. And I'm like, people will be like, man, what happened to that dog? And I'm like, I don't know. He runs free and he's here all day. But I think he got a nightlife. He's pretty rough. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I think he, at night, I think he travels a little bit. I don't know what's going on. But the other day, um, me and Cass were riding the buggy. We went to the back. You know, Preacher jumps in the back of the deal. And uh, Cass, he like puts his arm around old Preacher. And I'm looking at him. He goes, Preacher, I love you. And that dog, I swear, he looks at me like, like, I got this. I'm, I never have to leave this place because he just told me he loves us. He's like, you sack of fleas, get out of here. And, uh, but he, like, Damien will be like, Preacher's in Damien's way a lot. Like, he, if Damien's out riding through cattle or riding colts, Preacher's always in the way. And uh, he, come one, he come home one day and he says, Preacher does not listen to me. And I said... I know he don't. He don't know you. He's not your dog. And what that means is you, don't, you have not spent the time with preacher. And that's the same way with God, and that's the same way with the devil. We don't, we don't know God's voice because we've never spent time with God's voice, and we haven't spent time in God's Word. Preacher will run around all day, but we'll go sit on the porch at night and, and just visit, and preacher will come up. And he'll sit right there beside me, and I can pet on him, and I can love on him. And, and the same, th same way with Cass, like Cass rides him, he pushes him, like he, but we spend time with him, and then he goes out. I can be in my house, and Preacher can be almost out of my voice, and I can holler across three pastures if Damien's hollering at old Preacher and he can't get him. All I got to do is whistle, and that dog will lay down because he knows my voice. And that's the same thing with God. That's what God wants for our life. Hey, you're in the way out there. I need you to stop. I need you to be still for a minute because I got some things going on and I need you to stop. I just need you to be still. And, 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 and that comes from spending time and knowing God's voice. Uh-oh. Sorry. So I want to encourage you guys, if you want to change your world, go home. Start at your house and be hearers of the word. Learn to listen and build your foundation. Build a relationship and learn what God is and says and how he works. Then go out and do it. Don't talk about it. Apply it. Apply the word. Jesus was a problem solver. And uh, I want you to be a leader as a follower of Christ, and you will change the world you live in every day around you.
if you're a follower, Jesus always come, he didn't he didn't he didn't push nobody. He always answered questions. He always he always answered a question with a question. He had you thinking, and I and I want to encourage you: be a leader, just like Jesus was. Jesus was a problem solver. When he came on the scene, he just fixed the problem. You know what I mean? It wasn't it wasn't it wasn't all this hocus pocus. Make a big scene. It was like, hey, this guy comes to him. He says, I'm paralyzed. He goes, what do you want to do? And he goes, I want to walk. He said, well, get up and walk. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't have to be this big, grand thing. Like, God wants to do this in your life. And he wants to use this. In Matthew 7, verse 15, it says, Jesus says you will know them by their fruit. And I want, you, I want to ask you and challenge you this morning, what is your fruit telling the people around you? Are you leading? Are you bossing? I mean, what is, what, if you had to examine yourself this morning, what is the fruit that is coming forth out of your body and out of your life telling the people that you surround yourself with or where you go from day to day? If you would stand with me as we're going get, to get ready to close. But, um, God wants to use you, us, in our everyday lives. And that goes for everyone in here. That does, that's not, it's not me or David or Keisha or Taylor or Josh or Caleb or Cole. or Like that is everybody's invitation in here that God wants to use you where you are every day. Just like I said, this may not be your pulpit, but you have one. On your jobs, at your house, and the people, you have a, you have a large responsibility to make sure that they get that. They get what they need from you as a vital part to be who they are and who God's called them to be. And so he wants to use you every day in your jobs, in your community. And he said, I need some good godly people involved to change the world. But it starts here with us at home. Come under God's rule and reign and authority and let Him begin a work on your life that the rest of all you have to put your hand to will prosper. Jack, you, need, you got something? No? That's it? So, Father, I just come to you today and I thank you for the word here. Father God, I just pray that it falls on good soil, that it falls on fertile ground, Father God, that, that it would be planted on good ground, Father God, and that it would take root and in due time, it would reap a harvest, Father God, in everyone's life here. Lord, we want to change our house. We want to change our community and our state and our country and our world. Let it start here with us and our thinking so that it spills over into everyday life. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. If you enjoyed this message and would like to hear more, you can subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channel. If you would like to give towards our ministry, there are giving options available at dcctx.church. Thanks again for listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast.